Welcome to the Ohio District UPCI Podcast. The following message is a part of the Church Growth Seminar, which was spoken by Rashidi Collins at the Ohio District Camp Meeting. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about the Ohio District, visit us at ohiodistrict.com. I want you to turn very quickly in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And uh, I base everything, uh, since they asked me to talk a little bit about church growth, and since you've already been here for about an hour, I'll be very quick and try to get out of the way. Genesis 1, verse 26. I'm going to read from verse 26 to 28. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And God said... Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Put your Bibles down for just a moment. I feel that um, this is a prophetic juxtaposition here in between the two speakers. If you take the hand of someone beside you very quickly, if it's appropriate, lift it to heaven and pray that God would impart something to them in this moment. Father, we love you. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your precious blood. Lord God, we thank you that the curse is broken by your cross. Lord Jesus, and we plead your blood over every soul that is here. Lord God, we thank God for Ohio. Lord Jesus, and what you're doing in this state and what you're getting ready to do. Thank God for the leadership that is here. Bishop Stark and the district board, Lord God, and everyone that is pastoring, everyone that's engaged in ministry in any way, shape, perform. Pray you make a way for them out of no way. Lord God, we need revival. We need harvest. We need increase. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to say amen. Clap your hands onto the Lord, everybody. I am speaking now, but one is coming after me who is mightier than I. And that would be Pastor Mike Watts. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, Brother Watts, I refer to him as the hardest working man in show business because you will rarely find a pastor that is working as hard as him. Um, So we thank God for him and give double honor today to uh, Bishop Stark and appreciate him very much. And God bless uh, this entire district. I met uh, it was a brother Tory today, I believe. Where are you, Pastor Tory? You back there? Amen. Met him today. Just a precious, I guess they pastor in Toledo, Ohio. Praise God. I got to come to Toledo. Amen. So I want to talk to you from this concept today. Multiplication equals dominion. Multiplication equals dominion. I'm going to say some stuff today that might not necessarily be the opinion of the management. Praise God. I mean, you notice I put that disclaimer out there. Don't be blaming Bishop Stark or anybody on the district board for anything that I say. Amen. I'm only here for one day, and maybe I'll get invited back after I'm done. But I don't know how it's going to work out. Praise God. But let me start off by saying this. It is fashionable to say in 
conferences, and so I've heard it said many times, and I myself have probably said it because it just sounds good. And we'll say this because we, we get some sort of response out of it. I don't know what we really say it for, but, but we'll say this. We'll say it's not about the numbers. But the truth is, that's, 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 that's just not the case. It, it's, it is about the numbers. It has a lot to do with the numbers. I don't know where we came up with that because there's a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Don't be looking at me in that Ohio tone of voice. There's a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. Isn't that right? And it's in God's top five, praise God. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. God goes to great lengths to talk about Numbers. Not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. It tells us very clearly that they were focused on these numbers. Luke records there's 120 in the upper room. Records that there's 3,000 that are baptized. Records that there's 5,000 a couple chapters later, Brother Ensi. And, and here's the deal. I'm, I'm of the opinion that when your church gets to multitudes, you can stop counting. But if it's not at multitudes, we better be tracking everybody that comes through the door. We have got to pay attention to what kind of impact we're having on our city. Now, I know why we say it's not about numbers. Now that I think about it, it has a lot to do with David numbering the people, getting lifted up in pride. We don't want anybody killed because he didn't give the offering that was supposed to be given with that numbering process. But can I tell you, if you're numbering for the sake of just showing off who you are and what you got, then, then it's not about the numbers. Then you're going to get yourself in trouble with God, and God knows your agenda. But if you have a passion for souls, you want to know how many people live in your city. And you want to know how many people you're actually reaching in that city. How many Bible studies are we teaching? How many contacts do we have? How many people are being baptized in Jesus' name? How many people are being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? How many of them are being assimilated through discipleship processes in our, in our church? We have got to track the numbers. Are y'all still with me here? So glad Bishop Ellis is here today because his hashtag for the work that he's doing through Purpose Institute globally is because of the billions. When he sends out a tweet, because of the billions, that thing hit my heart so much, it caused me to repent right away. Because of the billions. There's seven and a half billion people in the world. Seven and a half billion. I talked to somebody from the United Nations who happens to have an inside track on the population. He said seven and a half billion, Brother Collins, he says is a conservative estimate. Y'all miss what I just said. We're touting seven and a half billion. He's telling me from the inside, he says, we don't release everything because the world can't handle the truth. Seven and a half billion is a conservative estimate. Are y'all still with me here? Furthermore, there are 320 million people in the United States of America. 320 million people. In my state, the state of Florida, we have 22 million people, and that's just what we can prove. Are y'all with me here? Because there are folks come to Florida all the time from all different angles. And census will never get anything out of them. Praise God. They see the census taker coming this way. They're going in the I know y'all don't have any problems. I'm just talking about where I come from, the state of Florida. 
And so in the region where I pastor in Tampa Bay, there are 3.5 million people in the Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, Metroplex, heading down into Bradenton. That's a whole lot of people. My pastor, Bishop Daniel Davey, moved to Tampa from Toronto, Canada in 1992. He was a chemical engineer by trade, but he was from a family of bishops. His dad was a bishop. In Talmud French's book, Our God is One, the Davey family is mentioned as a church planting organization. He came there with a heart to reach Tampa Bay. When he moved to Tampa, connected with Brother Wolf, who was a presbyter of the area, stayed with him for a year, then got approved to start a home missions church in 1992. Started that home missions church with just his family in his house. They moved on to the University of South Florida campus. Uh, in a few years, they were able to expand. Since that time, with 20 people on the University of South Florida campus, as of uh, this year, we're a 27-year-old church, 16 campuses now out of that church. Amen. We just got approved for our 16th daughter work just this week uh, at our district camp. Praise God. And all we can say is to God be the glory. Furthermore, God has given us tremendous growth. Amen. On Easter Sunday in our combined campuses, we're averaging about 3,000 people that were at our Easter service. Can I tell you that God has brought people in then from every background, uh, from every demographic into our churches, not by accident, but because we are intentional about pursuing the harvest. Not because we want to come to camp and talk to our pastor friends and say, hey, doc, how much you running now? So we can brag on each other. Rather, we recognize there's 3.5 million people in our region. And if somebody doesn't reach them with Bible salvation, they're going to hell. Either we believe Acts 2.38 is the truth or we're fooling ourselves. Now, if Acts 2.38 is not the truth, we might as well stop this because walking this walk is not simple. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. I can't tell them how I really feel. Y'all ain't saw. Y'all don't want to talk to me for real. I can't do what I, I mean. I'm walking this holiness walk. There's some sacrifice in this. My man was talking about golf. I wish I could play some golf. Talk to me, somebody. I wish I could just spend my time having a good time. Coon hunting. Other things that people do. Praise God. I don't get a chance to do any of that because we're busy seeking people to receive Bible salvation. If we're committed to Acts 2.38, we need to believe that we've got to do everything we can, everything in our power to reach everybody with Bible salvation. And so God dropped this in my spirit years ago. He said, son, multiplication equals dominion. We've got to believe that the primary purpose that you have been created is that God created you to have dominion. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're royalty. I know you don't feel like it. and know your bank account doesn't look like it. But you are. You're royalty. You were created. You were created to have something called dominion. Dominion really is authority, rulership, government over an area of responsibility. Understand that you don't own anything on earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. This thing belongs to God. However, God puts some things in your hand for you to manage. He gives you stewardship over some things. This is not original thought. 
a preacher that I listened to many years ago, he's dead now, he's not even apostolic, said some stuff that hurt my feelings and when I heard them, uh, it really changed my perspective. The first thing he said was stewardship is the primary duty of man. Your primary duty, stewardship. You're supposed to effectively manage whatever God puts in your hands. Whether it's your time, your money, your energy, whatever resources God gives you, number one, stewardship is your primary duty. Number two, your promotion is predicated on how well you steward. I want you all to hear what I'm saying. You're not going any higher in the kingdom if you're not able to manage what you have right now. Can I talk to some real folks here? Jesus said if you're faithful over a few things, God will make you ruler over that's why some folks stay broke. You can pray fast all you want. Amen. If you don't manage what God gives you, you'll stay broke. Am I still in Ohio? Is this, we apostolic? Because I like you. I hope you love me back. Furthermore, he said this one, this really hurt my feelings. He said, God will not give you what you pray for. He'll only give you what you can manage. And that really messed me up. Because I'm praying, I'm praying for a lot of things. But you've got to remember that God is an investor. God is a wise investor. And so when he invests something, he expects a return. You remember the story of the talents? Yeah. Give one guy one, one guy two. You know the story. The guy that did great, he added to that guy. The guy that didn't do anything with what he gave him, he took away from that guy, bound him hand and foot, cast him into outer darkness. Could it be then? And I believe that that scripture really is talking to preachers more than anything else. And that's my audience here today. Preachers, when God gives us resources, we have got to effectively manage what God gives to us. I know men of God who are prayerful, spiritual, anointed, can preach, can teach, and do fantastic things. But they're horrible managers. Their church will never grow. Do y'all hear what I just said? I'm not talking about bad people. I'm talking about guys that are going to go to heaven. They're great men. They love the Lord. Fast and pray. I'm thinking of one guy right now. Fast and pray like you wouldn't believe. Praise all the time for revival, harvest, and increase. But God cannot trust him with that because, because there are certain principles that are just not in place. And God will not give you what you pray for if you're going to mess it up. Because these are his people. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture. Thine is the kingdom. Not mine is the kingdom. Oh, help us Holy Ghost. You might be a king, but he's the king of kings. Talk to me somebody. So, so, so he's not just going to give you stuff to mess it up. I want a Bentley too. But if you're not washing your Nissan Sentra, I can't get no help in this. I mean, that's, yeah, I don't know what to do. Not changing the oil on the Nissan Sentra, probably we shouldn't trust you with the Bentley. Just a thought. Is this too harsh? Because I got to preach tonight, and I want y'all to like me before I get to tonight. I don't want to mess up too badly, praise God. Amen. Because of the billions. And so, because stewardship is the primary duty of man, when God made man, he said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness and let him have dominion. We're created in the image and the likeness of God with the express purpose of having dominion. Every pastor, every church, you have been sent to your city, your region, your territory, because God wants you to have dominion in that region. 
He wants you to take authority over that region. He wants you to invade that space with the kingdom of God. He wants you to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus. He wants you to know that you're not wrestling against people but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. It's the will of God for you to displace the demonic hierarchies that are in your city and replace it with kingdom authority, kingdom power, replace it with the word of God, the power of God, the spirit of God. It's time for every demon in your city to know that that city doesn't belong to them. They've been there long enough. You need to get like Popeye, say, I stands all I can stands. I can't stands no more. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. We need to get a radical mindset. I come with the Holy Ghost to stir up the state of Ohio. Ohio, God did not call you to be a weak, anemic, cute, sophisticated church, but to be a radical, world-changing church. I believe that God wants to give revival and harvest and increase in Ohio like you've never seen before. You've already had 75 years of Pentecost. Jesus is about to come, and the Ohio district is about to explode, and I'm already speaking in the spirit for somebody that will receive it. I only need about 15 radical folk to just throw your hands up and shout the name of Jesus and believe that God is able to do something radical in Ohio. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. I feel something stirring in this state. I said, I feel something stirring in this state. We've got to believe it's the will of God for us to have this kind of increase that I'm talking about. Our vision in Tampa Bay is called Vision 65. Our plan is to plant 65 churches. We're now 16 churches into that vision. So we've got 49 more churches to go. Our focus really is the southern part of Florida where there are 6.5 million people, for example, in Miami, Dade, Broward County, just that region alone, 6.5 million people. We want to put 40 churches in that region, 20 of which will be Hispanic because the revival has to be multiracial, multicultural, and multigenerational. Did you hear what I just said? It's got to be multiracial, multicultural, and multigenerational. I want everybody in my church, black, white, red, sunshine, yellow, Jamocha tan, I don't care what they look like, sound like, I don't care if they have tattoos from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, mohawks coming there with 10 million piercings. If God grabs a hold of them, amen, the Holy Ghost is powerful enough to push the piercings out. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The Holy Ghost is powerful enough to deliver them from demonic strongholds. The Holy Ghost is powerful enough to put their broken homes back together, to get them off for drugs, get them off for alcohol. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost said, come on, somebody in here, you're a walking testimony. You ought to be the first one shouting, God did it for you. <laughs> Praise God. Whoo, I love first generation Pentecostals. Listen to what I'm saying. I love everybody. I wish I was born in truth. I wish I was like a 10th generation Pentecostal. I really do. Amen. It's better to be born in this, live in this, know this. But there's something about a zeal of a first generation Pentecostal that just came out of the world and they're still looking around thinking all of us are angels. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Now give them a little while. They'll figure out everybody's not as sanctified as they look. 
Amen. But first generation Pentecostal, they're so excited. They think everybody just dropped down from heaven. They're still running around the church, swinging from the chandeliers. They don't care who sees them. They lost all their shame because they were messed up, tore up from the floor up before they came to church. And now they're in church and God has done something in their life. And they're not interested in looking cute for anybody here. I need to get some fifth generation Pentecostals who will get like first generation Pentecostal and say, I'm not going to let somebody who just came in here out praise me, out shout me, out dance me. Somebody needs to get a testimony and say, you don't know like I know what God has done for me. I'm not going to be cute here. God's too good for me to be quiet. Praise God. So God said, let us make man in our own image. After our own likeness, let him have dominion. Have dominion. Now, when he said let him have dominion, he said it, he said it in three dimensions over the fish of the sea, fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and creeping things. That's actually three dimensions of existence. The fish of the sea uh, is the sea, the abyss area. It corresponds to three spiritual realities. The sea representing the abyss, literally, the underworld, uh, the fowl of the air. If you remember, he made the birds fly in the open firmament of heaven. And then, of course, the earth, the realm where the cattle and the creeping things are. I say this because God made Adam on a heavenly template. Let me say that again. God made Adam with a heavenly template in view. The Bible talks about the first Adam and the last Adam. The first Adam was of the earth earthy. Talk to me somebody. The last Adam was of the heavens, heavenly. The first Adam is a living soul. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. When Jesus came here in the flesh, he died to, to, to redeem the fallen race of Adam. He came to undo what the first Adam did. Now hear what I'm saying. What God gave to the first Adam was just a precursor, a school, or a prefiguring of his ultimate destiny. Man was created and he's having dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and all the cattle. But it was actually pointing to what the last Adam was going to do because when the last Adam shows up, he dies for us, shed his precious blood, rises from the grave. And when he shows up, he says, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth and then in revelation he says I'm he which was dead and behold I'm alive forevermore and I've got the keys of death and hell so the first Adam dealt in the natural realm but the last Adam has dominion over heaven he has dominion over earth and he has dominion over hell you say, well, what does that have to do with me? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are become new church. We're supposed to have dominion in the heavenly realm, have dominion in the earthly realm. Talk to me, somebody, and have dominion over the underworld. Why are you saying that, preacher? Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Quit running scared. Every devil knows that every child of God has more authority in your little finger than you, you even use over him. 
Look at y'all looking at me. I feel an Ohio spirit rising up. I need Ohio to get up in the Holy Ghost and tell the devil we're getting ready to walk in dominion. You've had our city long enough. You've had our town long enough. You've had Heath long enough. You've had Toledo long enough. You've had Dayton long enough. Ohio belongs to God and Jesus Christ is giving us dominion. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I notice now, notice now, Bishop, that the first Adam then, he messed the whole thing up. But here's how dominion works. In verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1, is what the Bible says. Verse 28, Genesis 1, God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Here's why multiplication equals dominion. You can't have dominion unless, first of all, God blesses. Blessing means being empowered to prosper. When God shows up, he's going to bless. He's going to empower you to prosper. He's going to give you something that you don't have on your own. You have been empowered by the Holy Ghost to take dominion. Not to have the devil run roughshod over you, but for you to have dominion over the devil. God blessed them, and then secondly, God spoke to them. You can't have dominion unless God gives you a word. So first of all, you've got to be empowered to prosper. Secondly, you've got to have a word from God to do it. God already spoke to you. If you're a pastor here, you have been called and chosen by Almighty God to take dominion in the city where you have been placed. Are y'all with me here? How many believe that our pastors have been called and chosen by Almighty God to have dominion in the city where they're placed? Not only did God speak to them, he said something very specific. He said, be fruitful. It is the will of God for every church to exemplify the character of God. Folk got to come to your church and know that God is real because you actually love each other. And it would help if you liked each other. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Some folks just mean. Can I go here? I mean, I don't have much time. And I got to preach tonight. I still want you to like me. But I got to say something. Sometimes in apostolic circles, we just mean. We're just nasty. We just treat people. I mean, if, 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 if some folks show up at the church and the, the usher looks like uh, they're drinking prune juice, nothing good is coming out of that coming through the front door. boy. You got to actually look like you want a visitor. I'm, 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 am I all right? It would help if we smiled at somebody. Let's practice that right now. Look at your neighbor and just smile at them. Say, I like you. We'll repent over lying after this. Amen. Because we know everybody don't like everybody. Praise God. Let's just smile. Let's do that one more time. Look at the neighbor on the other side. Shake their hand and say, I'm so glad you're here. Praise God. I love you. I appreciate you. Wouldn't it be great if we did that in our apostolic churches so folks could feel the love of God when they came through? Jesus said, be fruitful, be fruitful, be fruitful. What we're talking about here is the character of God has to be reproduced in our churches. Talk to me, somebody. And like Brother Harpo said, if we have healthy homes, we'll have healthy churches. 
we're living like the devil at home, it's going hard to be an angel. Well, we'll be an angel, but we'll be a fallen angel if we come to church with a bad home life. I can't get no help in this apostolic camp meeting. Praise God. Amen. The character of God has to be reproduced. Be fruitful. Notice now, and multiply. It's the will of God for us to increase. Now, this, this thing that I'm saying here is no different than when Jesus said, go into all the world, right? And teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. What is he saying? This business of Acts 2.38, this business of Mark 16, 15, and 16, Matthew 28, 19, is the same as Genesis 1.28. Because having dominion, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue, it has to do with taking territory. I want you to know that everybody that's baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost represents new territory that has been taken. I can't get no help here. Look at your neighbor and say, you're made from the dust of the ground. So every time we get a new body, we've just taken more land. I wish I had somebody here. But we're taking more territory. Talk to me, somebody. And so, so, so Matthew 28, 19 is Genesis 1, 20, 1, Genesis 1 verse 28 in action being played out and it's the same principle God was talking to Adam and Eve in Genesis and God is still talking to the last Adam and the last Eve now oh I wish I had somebody here the, the first Adam you remember him God made a woman out of his side didn't he do it Praise God. Let me use somebody. Pastor Ellis, is that you right there? Let me use you. Amen. Is that your wife right there? Amen. Can I use both of you? Praise God. Can I just have both of you come up here? Amen. This is what preachers do when they want uh, to not get in trouble by themselves. Amen. Adam and Eve. First Adam, first Eve. Amen. Now, now, Brother Enzi, can I use you too? Because I've always wanted to use you in an illustration. It'll be, it'll be fun. I hope, I hope we're not streaming this live. Praise God. Step away from your wife over here for just a second. Head over here and stand beside Brother Ensi. Lord, help me. As handsome as these gentlemen are, those two can't be fruitful and multiply. Am I still in the right church? I'm just trying, is this still the United Pentecostal Church of Ohio where we can preach it straight anyway? Amen. These two can't multiply. They can't be fruitful and they show sure enough can't replenish. And they're talented. Y'all ain't saying nothing. They're gifted, but two of them can't do it. Am I telling the truth right here? Somebody said, tell the truth and shame the devil. Thank you, Brother N.C. I appreciate it. You did fantastic today. You can return to your seat. Amen. Amen. He's like, I'm done with that. Praise God. Amen. However, God said it is not good that man should be alone. That was God that made that statement. Isn't that right, Brother Watts? Why did God say that? God said that because a man by himself cannot multiply, cannot replenish. Can't do that by himself. Are y'all still with me here? So God had to create something. So he put this joker to sleep. Didn't need any input. Talk to me here, somebody. Put him to sleep. 
and open his side, took a rib out, and made something better. I heard one preacher say it like this, amen. He said, men are always blaming women for all their problems. And the truth is, God said it was not good that man should be alone. This is the first time in the creative narrative that God said something wasn't good. Because prior to that, everything he made, he said, it is good. Matter of fact, when he was done, he said, it is very good. This is the first time he said something wasn't good. So when God created woman, watch this, God created her to be the first solution to the first problem. Some of my sisters right there should have started shouting. Some of my sisters should have said, I know that's right. Pastor, you better tell that man. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I see my sister. I got, I got cool points over here now, bro. <laughs> so God created a woman and brought her to the man. Put them together. Guess what they can do now, y'all? Somebody holler, multiply. Stretch your hands out to them and say, multiply. Now, you got kids already, don't you, Rev? You got three of them. Stretch your hand out and say, multiply some more. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. The bishop, bishop said, that's the will of God right there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, so, so together in the natural, in the natural, they can multiply. Isn't that right? Because in the first context of Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it was dealing with natural multiplication. And then, I don't have time to get into, you know, there's some folks who believe gap theory, Genesis 1, something happened between Genesis 1, 1, Genesis 1, 2, and, and that's why it says be fruitful, multiply, and replenish, because you can't replenish something if something wasn't there before. But figure that out. I'll leave that for the Bible scholars and the IBC and ABI graduates here. Bottom line is, though, that the two of them get together and they can have natural children. This was the first Adam. Talk to me, somebody. And the last, the, last, the last Adam now has a last Eve just like the first Adam had a first Eve from the side because when Jesus died on the cross, they pierced him. Talk to me in his side. And out of his side, talk to me, flowed blood and water. And guess what makes you the church? The blood of Jesus Christ. Come on here, somebody. Amen. Jesus, he got a bride from his side just like the first Adam. Yeah. So the same way, talk to me, that they have to know each other and be intimate to multiply, the same way the church of the living God has to stay in a place, has to dwell in a place of connection to the Lord Jesus so they can stay pregnant with the promise and give birth to what God wants. God bless you. Take the wonderful wife back to the seat. Amen. Lord, they're going to charge me for that after this. Are y'all still with me here? Do I have five more minutes, Bishop? Am I, am I about done? Amen. So now, so now, the two of them together can now multiply. You ready for this? This is why, this is why the two spirits that the church will always fight are the spirits of abortion and aberrant, deviant sexual behavior. Y'all not with me yet. Can I talk like this here? Is that all right in Ohio? Amen. Aberrant sexual behavior. Because aberrant sexual behavior, remember the, the example I used over here? Those two can't multiply. It flies in the face of what God said originally. Are y'all still with me here? And the spirit of abortion, that is to kill, 
either unborn or extrapolate that into infanticide, killing babies. Let's, let's, make, it, let's make it plain. In, 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 in Exodus, Pharaoh, a Pharaoh came up that didn't know Joseph, and Pharaoh said, these children of Israel are multiplying too much. Pharaoh represents the devil. Egypt represents sin. Israel represents the church. Are y'all still with me here? I want to help somebody. Pharaoh don't have no problem if all the Israelites were doing were having good time in their little synagogue. Pharaoh wouldn't have no problem if they were just staying small. Pharaoh had a problem with them getting bigger. I know I'm talking to somebody here. Pharaoh doesn't have a problem with us having good church and going home saying, man, we had good church tonight. What happened? Ooh, child. Five of us fell out. Ten of us slain in the spirit. Three of us spoke in tongues. And we just had good church. Did anybody get the Holy Ghost? No, but there was no preaching either. It was good church. The devil is happy with us having good church. If we want to shout and speak in tongues from now till next year, it won't bother the devil one iota. But mess around and pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. Mess around let somebody get baptized in Jesus' name. Hey! As soon as something like that starts to happen, opposition rises up. The devil is fine with the apostolic church being quiet and being in a corner. But let the Jesus name, one God, tongue talking, devil chasing, out running, apostolic church ever bust out of the walls and start having real increase. Watch the opposition just rise up. Why? Because the more of us there are, the greater the likelihood we're going to win the battle. Now, now listen, I know some of you think, well, Gideon, you know, God said he can win by many or a few, and so, you know, he whittled them down. Listen, that's in a specific context. God was willing to show his glory that him with one is a majority. However, however, come here, uh, come here, son. Come here, Mark. Amen. Uh, here's what the Bible says. You ready for this? Here's the principle. One of us will chase a thousand, but two who will put 10,000 to flight. Me by myself, I'm tearing up at least a thousand devils with one hand tied behind my back just to make it fair. Praise God. But with this man right here, two of us, we're taking down 10,000. This is exponential growth. Well, if two of us are acting like that, come here, Brother Watts, can you imagine when three of us get together? I'll tell you how Jesus put it. If two or three of you will come together and touch and agree concerning anything, getting ready to do it. Come here, Brother Stark. Amen, Young Stark. Amen. Can you imagine when four of us get together? The devil is having a bad day when you get more apostolics in one accord, in one place, because we're saying the same thing. We're tearing down the devil's kingdom, and that's why the devil doesn't want us to grow, because the more of us, the more dangerous it is for him.
Look at your neighbor and say, we got to grow. We have got to grow. We have got to grow. Brother Ensi, we got to grow. I realize that we're fighting for the heart and soul of the Pentecostal movement. Amen. Because there are two camps right now. One camp is 100% pure evangelism. The other camp is 100% pure discipleship. And they're almost saying this as if this, they're mutually exclusive. But Brother Daryl Johns preached a masterful message one time, one of the greatest messages I ever heard in my life. Brother John said, instead of saying this or that, we need to start saying this and that. Oh, I, ooh, God bless the bishop. Jesus said it this way, this we ought to have done and not left the other undone primary context of course was tithing extrapolate that to the reality that we need evangelism and we need discipleship because it don't make sense to win them and then lose them but if we don't win them either there's nobody to keep y'all not saying nothing so what we need is both camps to come together say we need each other look at your neighbor say I need you I mean we need each other we need each other we need each other. Glory to God. I need Brother Robinette to come preach a crusade for me in my city where we send out flyers and we invite everybody and we feed everybody that shows up. And 150 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in one service. That needs to happen. On the flip side, I need individuals in my church who are working on one soul this year that they're teaching Bible study to and that they're bringing in and that they're discipling. Furthermore, I need systems in my church that will help to assimilate the 150. Namely, this 150 that just got the Holy Ghost, we got to have folks ready to go to teach them Bible study. In other words, I've got to prepare for the harvest that I'm praying for because God will not give you what you pray for. He will give you what you can manage. Are y'all still with me right here? All right, I only got five more minutes. I'm, I'm about done. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth then, and subdue it. Subdue then means, implied in this business of subdue, it means there's opposition to you taking dominion. The devil is fighting against the body. That's what he does. And that's why we have to multiply. There's a, there's a scripture that says, um, children are a heritage of the Lord. Y'all ever heard that? And the fruit of the womb is... His reward. Who's ever heard that scripture? I believe this is Psalm 127, if I'm not mistaken. Children are heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Now, I use that scripture, Bishop Stark, when I'm doing baby dedication, and I'm saying, oh, bless God, beautiful babies. Children are heritage of the Lord. Oh, look how cute he is. Um, you know, the, the fruit of the womb is happy. And then I read a little further, and I realized this is not a baby dedication scripture. It's not even a scripture designed to talk about how cute your grandbabies are. It's a warfare scripture. Y'all not saying nothing. Children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. It's talking about those guys that the hunt with bow and arrows, you know what I'm talking about, has his quiver full of them. Because they're like arrows. Are y'all with me here? What do we use arrows for? To kill things. Y'all not talking to me. 
It's not, it's not just us having arrows so we can say, well, well look at my, look, man, I got the best bow and arrow bow. When I go out here, I'm hunting glory to God. If there's a pig anywhere within five miles, man, just with one shot, man, I can take him out and blow. No, no, no. This, this is a warfare scripture. This was about killing. Happy is the man that has a quiver full of them. They're like arrows. And guess what? They'll go out and speak with the enemy in the gate. In the gate. I want y'all to get this principle now. In the gate. Why did it say speak with the enemy in the gate? The gate of a city was the, the place of authority. It's where the government was. That's why Jesus says, watch this. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is not a defensive posture. That's an offensive posture. The church is actually invading space and tearing down the government of every city. Y'all ain't talking to me. And installing godly government in that city. The apostolic church is the government in that city and we are at war with the illegitimate government of the devil. Y'all not saying nothing. And that's why children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. The more of us, we need more babies to be born into our churches because when our quiver is full, we've got more arrows to take out those devils that have been sitting up in your city for so long. Now, I don't know. I came up here to Ohio. It doesn't look like you got a lot of sin here. Bishop Stark, I'm driving up here in this little area. I said, look at these quaint, beautiful houses. This looks like old America. This looks like America. This is apple pie America, man. There's, and, you know, I said, this, this America right here, I bet these people sleep with their doors open. Glory to God is out here in the country. They're down here with boats. And, and, and I'm thinking there's no sin in, in Ohio. That's what I'm thinking, Brother Jeff. This place, this place looks sinless. Everybody here is holy. Glory to God. They just play baseball and, and go to church. Ohio, am I wrong? Is there sin in Ohio? Do you have crystal meth problems in Ohio? Does anybody take opioids in Ohio? Are there alcoholics in Ohio? Is there anybody involved in drugs and prostitution in Ohio? Is there wickedness in Ohio? Well, who's going to overcome that if not the apostolic church? It is us that have got to rescue those people. Glory to God. And the more children we have born into the kingdom, the more we can accomplish this warfare. Stand to your feet. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the Ohio District Podcast.